Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to Podcastage. Today, I'm back with a review of a brand new audio interface from Focusrite. As you can see, the audio interface is the Vocaster 2. If you are interested in this audio interface, it will cost you around $300. Like always, I'll throw some affiliate links in the description down below. Also, in the sake of full disclosure, I do need to let you know that Focusrite sent me this interface free of charge for the sake of making this review. And finally, for this review, I'm running the Rode NT1 directly into the Vocaster 2, 48 volts on, my gain set at maybe 40%. I don't know, there's no scale. I am recording 24-bit, 48 kilohertz. I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it a touch in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what a diddly did. And now, let's talk about what comes in the box. What a shocker, you are going to get the audio interface. You'll get a 1 meter or 3 foot USB-C to USB-A cable, and a little bit of documentation. Then as far as the build quality, nothing sticks out as terrible, it all feels pretty well put together. It has an all plastic build quality, the dials are all really nicely attached with no wiggle or wobble to them. The buttons at the bottom of the interface have a little bit of tactile click to them. The XLR ports on the rear do have a little bit of wobble to them, but I wouldn't say it's to the point of being concerning. And in case it matters to you, this interface is made in China. Now go grab your popcorn because now we're going to walk through the layout and the features of this interface. First up on the front, you're going to find two quarter inch headphone outputs. This will be for yourself as the host and the second for your guest. Then on the rear of the interface, you're going to find a power switch, hallelujah. You'll find a USB-C port to connect this to your computer. You'll find a quarter inch TRS plug to run the show mix out to a camera. Then you'll find two balanced quarter inch outputs to run to your studio monitors. A Bluetooth button to pair your interface to a phone to accept calls or play music from your phone. A 3.5mm TRRS jack to hardwire a device like your phone into your interface to accept calls or again play music. A 48 volts phantom power button to turn on or off the phantom power for each channel independently. And two XLR only ports to connect microphones to the interface. And then on the top of the interface, the first thing you'll find are three icons. The first one being a 48 volts light. This will let you know if phantom power is on for either of the channels. You'll find a Bluetooth indicator light to let you know the Bluetooth status of your interface. And a computer icon to tell you that the interface is plugged in and it's functioning. Then you'll find two identical headphone volume controls. These will control the quarter inch outputs on the front for the host or for the guest headphone output. Then near the bottom of the interface, you'll find two identical sets of buttons. The first one being a microphone mute switch, which we will go ahead and test a little bit later. Then you have the enhance button. This will turn on or off the processing that is built into the interface. And the last button is going to be a channel selection button. This is the button that you'll use to select which channel's gain you want to adjust and which channel you want to turn on or off phantom power for. Then in the center of the interface, you have a big dial. This is the dial that will control the gain of whichever channel you've selected. And next to the dial, you have a set of meters for the corresponding channels. As you can see, if a channel is muted, it will be blinking red. 
and if you get too loud it does have a red clipping indicator light which is separated from the rest of the meter which makes it a little bit easier for colorblind people like me really nice touch then as far as the specs this interface records up to 24 bit 48 kilohertz it has a gain range of 70 decibels i want to make clear that is not the max gain that is simply the gain range it offers 48 volts of phantom power and if you want to dive deeper into any of the other specifications i will have them all up on the screen right here just so you can go through them if it at all interests you and right here is the channel map for this interface in case you want to capture any of these sources in your daw and the last thing that I want to point out is if you use the auto gain feature in the software, it will set your microphone's gain so you're hitting around negative 18 to negative 12 decibels. And just a quick note on the headphone amp, I found that it was perfectly capable of driving hard to drive headphones like the Sennheiser HD 650s to more than reasonable listening volumes. Now I want to include a quick sample of the four presets they have for the enhance feature. For this demo, I am using the Shure SM7B in neutral mode. To set the gain for this microphone, I did use the auto gain feature. That's ensuring that I'm running into the plugins at the level that they have optimized them for. So let me go ahead and engage the enhance feature. Now I've turned on the enhance feature and the first preset is titled clean. And here is how that is sounding. Let me go ahead and now we are on the warm setting. This is the warm preset warm preset here is how it sounds now i am on the bright setting the bright setting i am guessing people will enjoy the bright setting for the sure sm7b here it is and finally we are on radio this is the radio preset for the enhancement feature on the sure sm7b in neutral mode there you go that is how they all sound let me go ahead and turn that off this is the raw audio again and this is the radio setting you are not currently able to adjust any of the settings any of the presets you just get what you get when you turn it on now we're going to do a really quick test of the mute button to see if there's any kind of audible noise when we engage or disengage it so i'll click it on and off and on and off And now what if I were to mute myself mid-word? In order to emulate this, I'm just gonna sing a solid note and mute myself. Now like we always do, in order to really test out the preamps, I've connected the Shure SM7B directly to the Vocaster 2. No Fedhead, no Cloud Lifter. My gain is set at I don't know what because there's no graph there's no meter there's no scale but you can see on the screen what it's set at and i will be quiet this is the auto gain setting this is where it set my level at and here is the noise floor all right and just for good measure let me go ahead and increase this to see how loud we can actually get can we clip the sm7b while speaking normally yes we can plenty of gain for it chances are you don't want to be that loud anyway clipping the sm7b at three inches away not going to be something you want to do but there you go sm7b test 
Now I'm going to connect a 150 ohm resistor to the interface to emulate a dynamic microphone without capturing the room. I'll slowly increase the gain of the preamp so we can hear what kind of noise you should expect at different gain levels. Now, out of curiosity, I want to compare the preamps in the Vocaster 2 to the Focusrite 18i22nd Gen. I am running the Shure SM7B through a microphone splitter, then running that into the Vocaster 2 and the Focusrite. I have level matched them as closely as I can. I will have been switching back and forth between them. But now I'm going to connect a 150 ohm resistor to both interfaces so we can see what kind of preamp noise is actually generated between the Vocaster and the 18i20. Now as far as latency, with the sample rate set at 48 kilohertz and the I.O. buffer at 64 samples, we have a round trip latency of 9 milliseconds or a 4.4 millisecond output. Jumping to 128 samples, 11.5 milliseconds round trip or about 6 milliseconds output. And at 256 samples, we have 17 milliseconds round trip or 8.5 milliseconds output. Now I want to do a really quick walkthrough of the software that comes with this interface. It's called Vocaster Hub. It allows you to create mixes, change the effects that you're using, set your gain, all of that stuff. First, in the upper right-hand corner, you have a speaker icon. This will allow you to mute the speaker outputs on the rear of the device. If the speakers are already muted, clicking the icon will unmute them. Directly next to that, you have a button which allows you to see all the settings, the current firmware, the sample rate you're using, share your usage data, privacy policy, all of that nonsense. Click and close. We'll close that, obviously. And then we get to the meat and potatoes of this, and we have two identical channel strips titled host and guest. That is what the two XLR ports on the interface are going to be called. You have 48 volts buttons for either channel, which are independent. Then beneath that, you have a meter as well as the microphone level. This will allow you to actually set the gain for that microphone. One big downside here is that there is no scale here. So it's very hard to recall the settings that you had if you do clip, you can see you get a little bit of a red indicator. Clicking on the red will clear that clipping alert and you are ready to check for it again. Beneath that, you have a mute button which will light up if you hit the mute button on the interface, for example. Or you can mute the microphone in the app directly. And it has the exact same effect. 
Next to that, you have the Enhance button, and this allows you to access all the processing that they have built in. They currently only have four presets. They are titled Clean, Warm, Bright, and Radio. If you want to engage this, again, you can press the button on the interface or in the app. Let me go ahead and demonstrate that. And now I sound like a radio broadcaster. Lots of compression, scoop in the mids. There you go. Clicking the button again will disengage that. The final button that you have on each channel strip is titled Auto Gain. When you click on this, a dialog window pops up. It tells you to speak for 10 seconds, and afterwards it will set your microphone's gain where it thinks it ought to be set at. Let me go ahead and demonstrate this for you. Clicking on Auto Gain right now. A window pops up. Speak at your normal volume for 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8. Counting down because you need to say something. And the, the software is not normally this stuttery. It is just that I have screen recording, audio recording. I got too much going on. You can see this is where the software thinks my microphone gain ought to be set at. If I get loud, has plenty of headroom so you're not actually clipping. That is how the auto gain function works. And finally, at the bottom of the screen, you have all of your sources in this mixer. This allows you to adjust the level of each of these sources for the final show mix. You have host and guest. Those are your XLR inputs. You have aux, which is going to be the 3.5 millimeter TRRS phone input. You have the Bluetooth connection, which is obviously going to be the level for your Bluetooth connection. Then you have your loopback outputs. Loopback 1 is going to be your basic computer playback and is going to be the default output for your software. And then you have loopback 2. This is going to be where you're able to actually output to channels 13 and 14. So this would be more for audio recording software if you want to pull that into your mix as well. And lastly, you have the level meter for your show mix. Now right here, I want to include a sample of an issue that I stumbled across while testing out the Bluetooth connection. When you connect it and start playing music or audio, it works fine. But once you hit pause and wait for maybe 10 seconds, there's a really loud digital click. So I'm going to go ahead and demonstrate that for you right now. All right, after spending a couple of weeks with the Vocaster 2, what I think that Focusrite has done is create a really interesting and compelling interface specifically for podcasters. And first up, let's talk about the pros. The main one has to be the software mixer. It just makes it incredibly simple to mix six different sources into a single show mix. I think that's going to be the main selling point and the main draw for a lot of people. I'm also impressed with how many sources and inputs they were able to cram into such a small form factor. Third, having a physical microphone mute button is absolutely amazing. I say this every time. I wish every audio interface had this. Just amazing to have, especially in voice calls. Also, having the 3.5 millimeter camera output is going to be really helpful for some people. I love that they have independent 48 volts phantom power for either mic input. It's not universal. It doesn't turn it on for both channels simultaneously. And lastly, it has a power button. 
Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get something? Just amazing. I love power buttons on interfaces. But then as far as cons, the biggest issue for me is the lack of scale anywhere. I don't have a scale on the microphone level. I don't know how many decibels I'm adding to my microphone. I have no scale on any of the meters anywhere. So it is just a crapshoot unless you run this into another piece of software and check your level on a meter that does have a scale. I would love to see a software update that adds a scale everywhere on every single meter or allows you to turn that on and add some kind of gain figure to the microphone level slider so you know how much gain you're adding, which would also make it easier to recall your settings when you're setting up different microphones. Also, I don't think it's any big surprise, but I wasn't a big fan of any of the presets, which I very rarely am. I would like access to the plugins to make minor changes to fit my personal needs and my personal tastes. Until then, the enhancement feature is pretty useless to me. I am also not a fan of the fact that it is just an XLR input and it is not an XLR combo jack. That means we don't get line input or instrument input. I do understand this is designed specifically for podcasters, but there are plenty of podcasters who do music. And if you're spending $200 or $300 on an interface, chances are you're going to want to use it for multiple applications and not need to spend more money on another interface for a hobby. Next, I think it's a pretty big issue with that clicking on the Bluetooth source. I'm pretty certain that's just due to a faulty unit on my end. If anybody else has this device and encounters that issue, let me know in the comments down below, and hopefully it's something Focusrite can fix with a software push. And then to get nitpicky, the lights on the interface for the meters and on the buttons do get really difficult to see under bright lights. And since they have that camera output, I'm assuming they want people who do video shows to use this device. And if you do a video show, you're going to have bright studio lights. That makes the lights on the interface pretty much useless. And then to get as nitpicky as I can possibly be, the finishing on this interface attracts so many fingerprints, it looks as though I was eating french fries and then touching this thing. Even though I'm a fat person, I can assure you I was not eating french fries and then touching this thing, it just attracts fingerprints that much. If that's an issue, you're going to be turned off by it. If you don't mind, who cares? And to wrap up, would I recommend the Focusrite Vocaster 2, both yes and no. Let's start with the no. If you're a musician, I don't think you should buy this. A musician's interface needs to have line inputs. It also needs to have instrument inputs. This offers neither, so I can't recommend it for musicians. I think you ought to look elsewhere. But on the other hand, if you are a podcaster and this fulfills your criteria, that's where I think it becomes really interesting because for $300, I think the value here is incredible. You're getting two very capable microphone pre's, Bluetooth connectivity, if it works, you're getting 3.5 millimeter TRRS for a phone and two loopbacks and an entire virtual mixing desk. I think that's amazing for the price. If that feature set is something that you've been looking for and something that you need, then yes, I would recommend it. However, if you're looking at this and the main selling point is that enhance feature, that processing those presets, I would not recommend it because currently I don't think they sound amazing. 
I think before I would recommend this interface based on that feature, they would need to roll out the ability to customize the processing, and I would need to see how that is implemented to see if it's worthwhile. So I won't recommend it based on the enhance, based on the vocal presets, because right now, as it is, I'm not that impressed. That is it for this video. I've got nothing else. If you do want a higher quality version of the audio for this review, I do post that on podcastage.com. I'll link that in the episode note. It, episode note? The description. That's what I'm talking about. If you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up, hated it, big old thumbs down. Want, it, want more videos? What do I say? Subscribe. You can do that. You can subscribe. And other things too. Discord, podcastage.com slash discord. Hang out, talk about audio gear all day. That's a ton of fun. And if you want to support the channel and become one of these amazing people over here, you can do so by clicking that join button or going to patreon.com slash pod slash podcastage and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really, truly does help me continue to bring you these videos. So until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. Goodbye. What am I doing?